How would you like to do church like Jesus did? Over the past few years, we've learned that church can happen in a very meaningful way outside of a church building. In fact, we're getting raving reviews from our house churches, which are now over a hundred. Though I thank God for church in buildings and on campuses, God is leading more and more people these days to gather for church in their homes. Not only is it easier for many people to attend a house church, but a house church can provide a level of community that campuses can't. So, every Thursday in December and January, I plan to host a house church interest meeting on Zoom. The meetings will be at 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. If you're not attending a church right now and are interested, or know of anyone who may be interested in learning how to start a house church, simply email hcinfo at solidlives.com or click the link on the description of this podcast to receive the Zoom link details. Again, that's hcinfo at solidlives.com. Okay, now let me welcome you to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where we read and talk through a chapter of the New Testament every day. I'm glad you're here because reading God's Word daily will change your life. I'd appreciate it if you'd help others find this resource by sharing the link. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, Hebrews chapter 8. Notice the way it starts here. It says, now this is the main point of the things we are saying. Well, it's sort of hard to jump in right there because he was just saying some things. Well, let me just do a quick overview of the things that the writer of Hebrews was saying in chapter 7. He's talking about how Jesus is our high priest. Like the Levitical priesthood had priests and a high priest, Jesus is our high priest, but he's making this case in chapter 7 that Jesus is not a high priest according to the order of the Levitical priesthood, but he's a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek's priesthood. Well, Melchizedek showed up to Abraham in the 14th, 14th chapter of Genesis 500 years before Moses and the Levitical law came into being. And so Jesus is a high priest according to that law or according to that priesthood, which preceded 500 years, the law. And here's the point. The point is that people will say, well, we're not under the law. No, we're not under the law in Christ Jesus, but we are under the priesthood of the Lord Jesus, which the Bible says is according to the order of Melchizedek. Well, what's interesting is there are only a few things that happened in the whole exchange. There are three verses about Melchizedek in terms of his appearance and showing up. There are three verses in Genesis 14, verses 18, 19, and 20. Here's what it says. It says, uh, Then Melchizedek, priest of Salem, uh, priest of the Most High God, uh, met Abraham. And here's what happened. He brought out bread and wine. There's the covenant meal, the meal that Jesus brought uh, at the Last Supper the night before he died. And it says, Melchizedek blessed Abraham, saying, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High. And Abraham tithed to Melchizedek. Those are the three things that happened in that exchange. And so of those three things, guess what? The writer of Hebrews is sharing these things that happen. First of all, it's sharing about the covenant. The covenant in chapter 6, it says, God made a covenant to Abraham, and he couldn't swear by anyone greater, so he swore by himself. And it says, because human beings on earth knew that if you took an oath, like you swore in blood, back in this day especially, 
Well, for them, it was an end of all dispute. And so chapter 6, verse 17 says, so God was determined to convince Abraham that he would keep his promise. He confirmed it with an oath of blood covenant. See, so there's the covenant, right? The, the bread and the wine, the covenant meal. And that's what God was really doing, bringing the covenant meal to Abraham through Melchizedek. And then Melchizedek blesses Abraham. And this is the, it says in chapter 7 that the lesser is blessed by the better. Well, Jesus is the one that blesses us. We're not the one that is a blessing to him. I mean, we can bless him, but we can only bless him because he gives us breath and voice and such. We're the recipients of his blessing as creator God. And so third is that Abraham ties to Melchizedek. All three of these things are talked about in this passage that this is part of our relating to our high priest, the Lord Jesus, who is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And in fact, in chapter 7, it says, here, mortal men, mortal men is people subject to death. Well, Jesus is no longer subject to death. He's been resurrected. He lives forever now. It said, here, mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Somebody might say, it's talking about Melchizedek. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The point of the whole passage is that Jesus is a priest according to the order of Melchizedek. So everything the writer of Hebrews says about Melchizedek, he's saying it for this purpose. That's the way we ought to relate to Jesus. That's the point. So if anybody ever tries to tell you that tithing is not a part of the New Testament, they are wrong and misinformed. I doubt if they stand their ground that you're going to be able to convince them from these passages. But these passages are very much telling you this is how we relate to Jesus, that Jesus is our high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek. And then he goes on to talk about how the priests would offer sacrifices. The Levitical priests would offer sacrifices first for their own sin and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus didn't have to offer for his own sins, but he did offer himself as a sacrifice for the sins of the people. And then we get to chapter 8, and it says this. Now, this is the main point of the things we are saying. So are you ready for the main point of all this? Here it is. Ready? We have such a high priest. We have such a high priest. Well, that just puts everything in perspective. That means when he was talking about Abraham tithing to Melchizedek, that's saying we have a high priest that we need to tithe to. We have a high priest that brings out the covenant meal. This is my body and this is my blood. And we have a high priest that blesses us like Melchizedek blessed Abraham. Can you see this? Now, this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest. We need to relate to this priest this way because he's still according to the order of Melchizedek. Notice, we have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary of the true tabernacle, unlike the Levitical priests that were in the tabernacle of Moses or in the temple of Solomon or of Zerubbabel. No, we have one who is up there in the true tabernacle, which is the Lord, excuse me, which the Lord erected and not man. This wasn't made by Moses and the Bezalel and those who crafted the tabernacle or those in Solomon's day or whatever. No, those were patterns after the true one in heaven. And Jesus is the high priest that ministers in the true tabernacle of heaven. Verse 3, For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts 
and sacrifices. Therefore, it is necessary that this one also have something to offer. Boy, I don't see how that can be any more clear. Every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it is necessary that this one, capital O, also have something to offer. That means that, yes, Jesus offered himself a sacrifice for sins. But even today, we're relating to Father God through our high priest, Jesus. He needs something to offer to Father God on our behalf. That's why the Levitical priesthood was set up like it was, because it was a type that one day there would be a mediator. One day there would be somebody that goes between Father God and us, and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're supposed to be bringing things to God, and Jesus, the high priest, the mediator, receives those things from us, turns around and offers them to Father God. No wonder God opens the windows of heaven above us when we tithe, because we're tithing, and Jesus receives our tithes and offers them to Father God. You don't think Father God's going to reject what Jesus gives, do you? Not a chance. He's going to fling open the windows of heaven. But see, we needed understanding of these revelations so that we could uh, embody them. We could walk them out. We could actually relate to our high priest. Somebody might say, well, no wonder my tithe hasn't worked like it ought to. Yeah, and if we're disgruntled or we're, you know, we put it in the basket, then we, you know, with a frown on our face, we watch it, you know, go all the way down the aisle thinking, what are they going to do with it anyway? Well, what kind of faith and joy is there in that? And Jesus is watching how we're doing this and how we have this ungrateful, complaining attitude, or we don't even give it, or we don't even give it all. See, how's that going to be blessed? See, we're giving to a real person, by the way, who knows everything. He knows that account. He knows our hearts. And he, it is required. He needs gifts and sacrifices also to offer, not so, not to sacrifice for sins. We don't bring animals anymore because Jesus was the sin sacrifice once and for all. But there are other gifts, other sacrifices. It'll say in a later chapter, we offer the sacrifice of praise to God, but we bring it through the Lord Jesus Christ and he turns around and offers those, offers those to Father God. And that's why we experience the blessing of God on our lives. So, verse 3, for every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it is necessary that this one, Jesus, also have something to offer. For if he were on earth, he would not be a priest since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things, as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, see that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry in that he, Jesus, is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. Thank God this new covenant is a better covenant established on the sacrifice of Jesus, not on animals sacrifice, but on sac the sacrifice of a sinless, spotless human being who paid for our sins once and for all. This is a better covenant established on better new covenant promises. Verse 7, For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second, because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming 
says the Lord, he's quoting from uh, Jeremiah 31, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by, by the hand and led them out of the land uh, to lead them, excuse me, to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they did not continue in my covenant and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, talking about the new covenant, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none of them his brother, still quoting Jeremiah 31, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. In that, he says, a new covenant. He has made the first obsolete. Now, what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. And that's the end of chapter eight. And so you can see here, he's talking about Jesus, the new covenant high priest, and he's fulfilled the old covenant law. He is now in heaven now, ministering not in a copy like Moses' tabernacle or Solomon's temple. He's in the real tabernacle in heaven where Father God really sits in the Holy of Holies. And Jesus is the high priest receiving gifts and sacrifices from us, offering them before Father God, and the blessing comes back to us. The lesser is blessed by the greater. This whole interchange is happening, and Jesus is playing his high priestly role. Folks, let me just tell you, when you come to bring praise to God, and you're bringing them to and through the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're coming to tithe, you're bringing them to Jesus. Oh, let me tell you, see this is real because it is. Believe it in your heart. Believe that when you bring and honor God with the tithe, oh, that Jesus is receiving these things. And you're being blessed. You're being blessed with the covenant. You're being blessed with salvation. You're being blessed with the forgiveness of sins. You're being blessed with healing and health. You're being blessed with provision. You're being blessed with your ministry, the grace on your life, the power of God. All these things are part of the New Testament life and covenant, and they all come through Jesus. Yes, through his sacrifice on the cross, but that's not it through his everyday, ongoing, forever priestly ministry, according to the order of Melchizedek, he's actively playing this role as high priest. And if we realize that and begin to relate to him like that, oh, not only do things work right, but also they get exciting because we got somebody in heaven, a human being, and Jesus is still human, and God at the same time a human being who sympathizes with our weaknesses in heaven, playing this role with Father God, interceding on our behalf. Let's relate to him. Let's honor him. Let's bless him. Let's tithe to him and let him turn around and invoke the blessing, power, protection, love, provision, healing of God on our lives. Our God is a good God and our Savior the Lord Jesus is a good Savior. He is our high priest. Well, what another great chapter. And I look forward to a powerful and lengthy revelatory chapter, chapter 9 tomorrow. 
Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com slash give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.